Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Articulate BJJ podcast. Um, Merry Christmas. Um, coming at you a couple of days after and um, a couple of days before we ring in the new year and uh, see out this uh, burning garbage fire that 2020 has been for everyone. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about discussing for a while now is... <clears throat> the concept of what makes a good student um in episode four i covered what it takes to be a good teacher or what makes a good teacher so i thought today i would go into i, I suppose the other side of the coin really um you know i think we often take for granted that it's a one-way street like uh, everything has to come from your coach or your teacher, but that's really not the case. Um, if if you're just relying on your teacher um, to, I guess, make you good at jujitsu or to help you learn anything in general, you're not really going to get as far as if you are bringing the right resources and the right skills to the table as a learner. So I thought we'd get into that today. Um, just some general housekeeping stuff. I think as I move into the new year, um, I'd like to do uh, these podcasts a little bit more semi-regularly um, and potentially get some guests on to talk about uh, some more kind of specialist uh, or specialized areas. So if you are keen to hear from anyone in particular, please drop me a message through um, Instagram or the blog. Um, and let me know who you'd like to hear from. Um, additionally, if you um, would like to be on the podcast and you have an area of specialty um, that kind of relates to the topics that we discuss on here, I'd be really keen to hear from you and um, potentially have you on. Um, so yeah, I think that's where I'd like to go for 2021 with uh, the blog um, and, and with the podcast anyway. Um, I'd like to get back to doing a little bit more writing. Um, the chaos of this side of the year has made it a little bit difficult to be consistent with putting out um, good quality pieces of writing, but I do need to put up some companion writing pieces to go along with these podcasts, uh, just for those of you who do like the words on a page, I guess. So without any further ado, let's, let's get into it. Um, when it comes to you as the learner or the student there are certain attributes that you can bring to the table that are majorly beneficial to not just your own learning but things that you can contribute to the learning environment that you're a part of um, ways that you can direct your teacher or your coach uh, to help you and kind of essentially amplify your own learning so my intention with today's episode is to take you through these um, and yes, these are things that you have to be conscious of at all times. Um, you know, it's not very innate within our personality to have these things omnipresent. Um, I know you, some some of you might be thinking of this episode as like a Myers-Briggs kind of personality test where you were, you were coming in and thinking, oh, well, yeah, I'm just going to tick off all those things I'm doing. I almost guarantee that on a weekly or even daily basis, there's a lot of these things that you aren't doing, even if you might do them once or twice. 
it's very hard to dwell in that growth mind space mindset for a for long and sustained periods of time and just like building habits which we've talked about in the past those things are actually going to take a lot of practice to put into place in a regular schedule so the first one that i would like to discuss here is um, maybe one of the most obvious but it's attendance um you know everyone has different goals with their learning and i think it's important for you to uh you know hold that goal uh, that you've you've set as as very present and forward in your mind but regardless of whatever goal you've set for yourself you you have to show up you have to attend class um you know for for the students that i teach in a, a secondary school context they don't have a choice um they have to be there until they are 16 at least um by law but y- you know when it comes to your hobby or um pretty much any pursuit that you're doing you have to put the time in um there's there's pretty much a minimum threshold where you're actually going to see benefit right uh that's going to be different from person to person it's quite subjective however um I've heard a lot of people say that three times a week minimum for something like jujitsu is is crucial. Um, I would tend to agree with that. I, I think if you're putting in a solid six hours plus a week um, into any discipline that you've got, whether it be your art form like music or uh, reading a book or whatever, or it, literally anything, if you're putting in six plus hours a week, after your your work or whatever it is you're doing especially if this is just a hobby um you're going to be seeing that benefit uh you're going to be seeing growth and improvement at that kind of threshold i think below that you can probably skate by with maintenance so let's say uh you've already kind of got past that beginner stage um and you're going through quite a busy time in your life and you can maybe only manage four hours a week maximum that's that's pretty much like uh, maintenance, I suppose. Um, if you're coming in and directing your learning in a in a very calculated and strategic way, you can still make benefits, but you're going to have to be very strategic uh, with the time that you have there. Uh, I mean, what that gives you, if you've got four hours a week, you've got maybe two hours of drilling and two hours of sparring. Uh, that's that's not a lot of time if you think about it um i mean you might split it other ways but i'd imagine for myself at least that's how i would think about it so yeah i would say that the number one thing is be in class uh leading on from that it's not just about physically being there uh this leads us into our second point which is being mentally present in class um this this is crucial for a student right um i mean i see this in a secondary school context unfortunately not all my students uh, at high school want to be there but as a result if they are just turning up physically and then switching off mentally they're not going to learn anything um you're not you're not going to absorb any information that way and yes i realize that for many of us jujitsu is just like a pastime or a hobby and we're usually showing up before or after a, a full day of work. Um, and we might just be using it as, as a way to get fit. Um, and that is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. However, we're talking in a context of learning and growth. And if you want to do those two things, 
you have to be mentally present in class. What this means is absorbing detail. It means asking questions. It means thinking critically. And most of all, it means actually doing the technique um, and, and, and doing that consistently to trial and trial and error test it. Uh, you have to be doing those things if you want to see any kind of improvement. Physically just showing up does not in itself help you to improve. Yes, you can just come and maybe <clears throat> physically switch off, uh, mentally switch off and physically do two hours of drilling. Uh, once again, that kind of comes into your maintenance. You might just be trying to get that muscle memory going. You might be trying to just work on a very specific thing. And that's cool. But you still have to have some mental wherewithal ar around that technique. Otherwise, you're not going to be doing it right. You're going to be ingraining potentially uh, very harmful habits. So that mental presence and being a conscientious learner is really important. If I look at the students of mine who are the most successful, it's ones who take notes, who are active listeners, who ask questions, who uh, are actually engaged with the information that you are giving to them. Uh, and, and that comes down to good learning habits, I guess. Um, you know, some people just legitimately haven't been taught that. But if you listen to this, you've now got no excuse. Uh, so there you go. Um, so yeah, we've got attendance and we've got mental attendance as well. You know, I'm not just physically in class. I'm present mentally. I'm asking questions. I'm asking for feedback. And essentially, I'm, I'm doing all of these things as part of the process that, that helps me to grow as a learner and helps me to improve. This brings us to our next point. Uh, all of these kind of fit together. So this is quite an organic uh, thing, I suppose. Like the, all of these attributes can be used in, in altering ways. I wouldn't say that any are more important than the other. Of course, uh, you know, the first one, attendance. If you're not doing that, then you're wasting your time. If you're not coming to class, you can't do any of these things. So just make sure you're in class and then the rest should follow. Um, our third point that I think is quite important is taking ownership over your learning. Of course, this comes back to um, and is related to that point about, um, you know, being mentally present in class. But it's also about not just taking a back seat and going, oh, well, I wonder what my coach is going to show me today. Uh, you know, you're thinking in a larger picture of that. Hey, you know, this week I've been... Um, I've been tapped from Mount like three times. I wonder why that's happening. Uh, maybe I need to ask my coach about this and get some feedback. Maybe I need to try a different technique. Maybe when I'm drilling, I could ask my coach to show me something. You're bringing something in there. Um, you're not just coming to class and, and expecting everything to just be given to you because yes, you can, your coach can show you a million different things. Uh, you can come to class for five, six, seven years and do what your coach tells you to do, um, and, and still have no game or strategy, um, that you've developed yourself because you haven't taken ownership over the techniques that you've been shown. You haven't, uh, you, you haven't like kind of taken possession of your learning and the things that work and don't work for you that is um uh, beyond crucial i think if you want to see 
the, the best guys in the sport, the best guys and girls in the sport are people who have developed a very sound strategy and game around techniques that they know inside out. They know everything that you are going to do when they put that technique into place. You don't just get that from being shown an armbar once by your coach. You don't get that from just being shown a triangle once from your coach. It's about taking that technique that your coach or your teacher is showing you and putting it into practice again and again and again and essentially meditating on what's working, what's not working, taking feedback on board, uh, asking questions about it, trying it in competition, um, all of these things you have to be doing if you want to actually own like a part of this the sport or this martial art you know no one no one owns a technique you know uh yes certain things have been named after people but like you can you can use it and you can make it your own um i i think that's a huge thing in this it's you know yes uh, there's this wide range of things, but you can become very good at any one of them if you put the time in and if you take ownership over your learning. Um, with with students that I see doing this well, they often find ways to relate their learning to something personal. Um, you know, I often find that it's uh, students who come in with a very direct reason who can kind of take that ownership, like. Um, uh, you know, I want to learn how to more effectively defend myself. Okay, cool. Well, here's how to do that. They are then going to take those things out and make sure that they work. Um, hopefully not just in the street, but like in class as well. Um, you know, I see that with my high school learners and they might not even know that they're doing it. <clears throat> But let's say a student of mine who has like lower literacy skills comes into one of my classes um, and they're really struggling to write paragraphs. If I can now show that student, hey, uh, let's write about an interest of yours so that, uh, you know, you feel like you have ownership over that idea. Um, I immediately see a higher buy in from them as well. So yes, that is something that I'm doing as the teacher, but it takes the student to come to the uh, step up to the plate to do that as well. They have to say, hey, yes, this is something I'm interested in. Um, I need to get better at writing, so I may as well write about what I'm interested in, or you know, I may as well read a, a genre of books that I'm interested in if I'm trying to improve my reading. So it's it's about relating it to yourself you know taking it in and saying hey you know uh my coach is showing this armbar set up uh this is something i can use in my game because you know i end up in like closed guard and i find this hip angle so you 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 are now relating it to yourself and you're going hey okay cool this is this is not foreign territory and i i can see this working so very important for you to start taking ownership of that, um, you know, starting to build something for yourself, not just going, oh, this is what my coach has told me to do. This is, I'm just going to do it. Uh, I think that that is, uh, it's pretty much rote learning at that point. There's nothing critical going on there. You're, you're not really uh, being mentally present like we talked about. Uh, constantly seeking feedback is another really important thing. I, I mentioned it before, but I think it's um, I think it's worth mentioning on its own because it's it's a very uh, difficult one to do if if you if you're not familiar with it. Seeking feedback is not just 
getting a pat on the back or looking for a gold star from your coach. Um, You know, you can seek feedback from your peers and your training partners as well. But it's all about objectively looking at what happened and trying to build on that, right? So let's say you're rolling with a training partner um, and you you finish a submission. uh, Like let's say you do an arm triangle uh, and you finish your arm triangle and you you finish it and you you get a little bit of feedback from a good training partner you know like oh that was that was pretty tight you know you it, it, you had it cinched across both sides of my neck um and and the shoulder was tight um but i feel like you could do this a little bit better next time uh you know maybe take a deeper angle or something like that that that's a piece of feedback that you can learn a lot from and you can take it on board or you can get salty and offended by it of course, I'm not talking about someone who's like coaching you to the finish, um, you know, because they've lost the role. Like that's a different story altogether. We've seen plenty of memes about that. But, you know, you've got certain training partners and people that you roll with who, if you ask them a question like, hey, how, how did you feel that that technique was, that you can get a nice objective answer out of. And it's not about someone going, oh, you know, it was more of a crank. If they tap, they tap right? But like, it's about, oh, you know, yeah, even if it was across my jaw, you had a huge amount of pressure on there. Whatever you did to do that, keep doing that, you know? That's really good. Um, Seek direct feedback from your coaches and your teachers. Don't just look for approval, because I I see this happen, and it's really cringeworthy, you know? Like, you're not there to just have your coach's undivided attention, and to think that you are is is pretty self-centered um it's not just self-centered but it's also just selfish learning um the coach and your teachers are there to help everybody if you have something specific that you want feedback on that's a different story entirely direct your teacher towards that hey coach uh you know could you have a look at how i'm doing this knee slice Um, I feel like I'm missing a detail here and I can't finish it. Could you just have a look and see what I'm doing wrong? That's a great way to seek feedback. It's very specific. Your coach is going to be able to watch you rep it out or do it when you're sparring. And he's going to be able to provide you feedback on it. But um, don't just go like, hey, am I doing this wrong? Or like, uh, oh, hey, can you just watch and see if I'm doing this okay? Because that's just like going to be a yes or no answer. And really, you're just asking someone to watch you. I mean, how old are you? Like, come on. Just think about it from that perspective. Like, I don't need to see you jump on a trampoline. Like, you're going to jump. But if you say like, hey, can you give me some help about how high I can jump? Like, it's technical feedback. That's how you're going to get and elicit better feedback from your coach. Uh, you need to be specific about what you want feedback on. That's really important to think about. Um, I can't really recommend that enough. Um, If you're not seeking good feedback, uh, you could be missing out on some very crucial learning uh, for yourself. Um, Another one here that I think is important, and we kind of often hear it um, overused in that kind of platitude of, Uh, leave your ego at the door Um, so I don't really want to put it that way but if we had to think about what that term means I think it means like putting your putting your perspective and your perceptions about well your expectations lodge those at the door and then come in and embrace the process okay 
Um, I think that that is something that as the learner, it is really awesome to do. Um, and I, I, the people that I see doing this are the ones that learn faster, find more enjoyment in it, um, in the subject matter, and can actually process content better. The people that have to filter everything through their own ego and their own perceptions of what this is supposed to be are the ones that actually struggle to interpret the information the most. So what I mean by this is embrace the process. You know, uh, take your hidings, take your beatings, tap, understand that no one loses in the gym, you're learning, and just accept that this is part of the process you know uh higher belts should be beating you uh you know they should be choking you out they should be strangling you they should be submitting you um if they're not maybe uh they they're going easier on you maybe you need to find a different training room i don't know uh, that's a different conversation i guess but you need to come in and understand that people have been doing this sport since the 1920s and uh, uh, grappling itself historically has always uh, kind of existed as long as mammals have uh, maybe even longer I guess but you, you you need to understand that you're not about to be the one who changes the formula here you're going to start off knowing very little and you're slowly going to learn more things are going to start clicking and then there are going to be people that you start to beat because you know more than them. Uh, you get fitter, uh, you get stronger, and as a result, you might experience better results against other people. This is the same in competition. You're going to win and you're going to lose. Uh, there's literally no one that has an undefeated record um, in, in jiu-jitsu. Uh, if you show me one, um, like, I mean, you're going to be looking for a long time. They just don't exist. So just understand that these are the realities of the sport. You make mistakes. It's meant to be that way. And if you don't make mistakes, you're not going to learn. Just embrace the growth of that and learn from your mistakes. Readily make them. Tap often. Uh, you know, you don't need to get salty if someone in the gym beats you and I use beats in quotation marks because how can you beat your teammate you know like it, you guys are supposed to be improving together you don't win because you tapped out your teammate or you don't win because you tapped out a higher belt your technique was good that's great if it works it's because the technique is good and people just have to respect that because that's the process you know if a guy gets a rear naked choke on you and it is tight, you've got to tap to that. And you don't need to get upset about it. You don't need to go home and beat yourself up and self-flagellate over, oh, you know, uh, I trained like shit today. They're going to be hard training sessions where you suck and there's going to be training sessions where everything works and, you, you know, you're going you're gonna to feel like you could win ADCC tomorrow. You probably can't, but you might feel that because, uh, you know, you, you've maybe let your excitement and your ego get carried away a little bit. But this is the thing, like, about the sport is you're just going to have to put your time in. You're going to have to be present. You're going to have to actually be there and attend class. And, and, and you're just going to have to keep working at it. Um, there are going to be guys who beat you, and uh, there are going to be guys who you will never be able to beat um, until maybe they just get, like, 
literally to masters six and their body stops working which is another reality i guess you've got to accept and you've then just got to realize oh okay well cool maybe that's as hard as they can roll and you should respect that as well as part of the process you know everyone's going to get old so it's not a, a sport that is forgiving on your body and you've just got to work around that you know uh it's it's also important to bear that in mind as you train i guess that's a bit of an aside something that i was uh thinking about recently is you know as you age how much of your technique is still sound and works you know um does that flying cartwheel uh pass or that backflip armbar or whatever the flying shit that you want to do is that going to work when you get to uh master's level or you know when you're when you're hurt or older um and you're still hoping to train into 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 your 40s or 50s or 60s and and onwards um you should you should be able to practice technique now if you're in your physical prime still that is going to hold up and be sound when you don't have the physical attributes to muscle through something or to force something to work make sure your technique is sound and focus on your technique i suppose that's still part of this theme of trusting the process and embracing the process so it's worth mentioning there just do it right i mean hodger gracie said it best when he said jujitsu is simple you've just got to do it right um it's a perfect grappling is a perfect system uh you know brazilian jiu-jitsu happens to be a system but grappling is perfect it's humans that just do it wrong (laughs) you know like if we're making mistakes it's not because objectively grappling is bad or incorrect it's just because we implemented something incorrectly physics still apply you know um gravity is still gravity person is still going to fall to the floor if you off balance them correctly so at, at its core those things should still work so these are just like a couple of the main things that I can think of and, and that you should be thinking of when it comes to your training. You know, be attend class regularly. Be mentally present. Don't just roll up and be like a body. Be a good training partner to others as well. Um, you know, if you're mentally there, you know, you're in a better place to give people feedback as well. Be a better training partner that way. Um, you know, to be a more challenging role for other people rather than to just like, oh, should he pass my guard? I'm just going to like flop around and give up now. Um, you know, that is that is being a good training partner too. Um, I suppose we can add that onto our list here, but um, it's kind of insulting that if you are coming to class to, or com- coming to training and just not really being a good training partner to others, uh, you know, maybe resisting too much during drilling and like not letting the guy work or when it comes to rolling like let's say it's you and a pair someone at your own level and you just kind of flop about that's kind of disrespectful like you're wasting this person's valuable time they've come to training with the intention of getting better help them to get better that is what a good learner and a good training partner is um you know you're not there for yourself in a lot of ways that's another part of that process you need to embrace you're going to improve but you can't improve in a vacuum you have to have other people there to help you improve so you better treat them right 
Um, otherwise, you're going to end up with not a lot of people who want to train with you. Um, you're going to end up not improving as fast. Um, you're going to not have as many uh, partners to roll with. So be a good training partner. Don't make it about you all the time. Um, yeah, just like leave your ego at the door a little bit there. Um, it's okay to get tapped out by people. Um, it's okay to get tapped out by your training partners. Um, it's okay to help them learn how to beat you. Uh, don't you want training partners to test you? Show them how to do better. You know, like, hey, I noticed that like I'm constantly sweeping you from half guard have you tried doing this thing or like um you know uh i i really uh struggle to get out of your triangle dude like um that's a really good move uh you should use that more often and that little piece of feedback that you're giving to someone might be the exact thing that they needed to hear to help them push to through a, ba a barrier or to get to a new level or to work on something new in their game so feedback is really important and it, you've got to be a good training partner this is a two-way street um you, you know even even the best guys in the world would not be the best unless they had good training partners um and good coaches of course but like you you can't do this in a vacuum no one just goes oh yeah like i watched i watched a couple of youtube videos and now i'm mean at jujitsu <laughs> like it doesn't work that way so all of these things are really important uh, for you as a student of anything to do, right? Um, oh, painting, art, any form of art. I mean, this is a martial art, but, you know, literally any form of art that you pursue, any sporting discipline, uh, God, any relationship even, uh, you know, you can always do better and put yourself into that growth mindset more often. So don't listen to this as like a Myers-Briggs personality test where you're just trying to tick off how many of these things that you do and like try to see if you're a good student. Objectively, try to take some of these things on board and try to do them more often. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just as guilty as anyone where uh, there'll be training sessions where sometimes I don't do these things. Sometimes I am just physically there just trying to go through the motions. Um, you know, when, you, when you're doing multiple training sessions a day, you're pushing your body to the limit, it can be really hard to line all of these things up. Sometimes you just really don't want to. Like sometimes it's super hard to give somebody feedback on something. Um, maybe some sometimes you're just not in a great mood. Uh, you know, these things happen. But if you can move past those things, you're improving. You're making steps towards positive growth in your mindset in your habits, in your learning. So just be present with these things. Uh, try to think about them. Be conscious of them as you train. And um, hopefully these are some things that you find useful. So thanks thanks again for listening to another episode, guys. Um, 2020 has been a pretty wild year. Um, I hope that wherever you're listening from, um, you're safe, you're healthy, um, and hopefully if you're not training right now, that you'll be able to soon. Um, I hope 2021 has a lot of positive growth um, for you. And um, yeah, in general, uh, please keep listening. Please uh, keep reading. Uh, please like and share this if you if this has resounded with you. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, it makes a difference if I can help spread 
some of these ideas uh, to a wider audience, you know, um, it, it would be awesome to maybe get some sponsors on board with the podcast, um, you know, some people who want to support it. Um, you know, we've already talked about Rolling Sands uh, BJJ retreat. Um, they, they've been really awesome. Um, and just someone that I wanted to shout out. Um, you know, I don't really make any money from my writing or from the podcast or pretty much any of my content. Um, I just like learning jujitsu. Um, I like doing jujitsu and, you know, this is kind of my way of being able to give something back to the community that's given me so much. So, um, really appreciate you listening. Um, have a good one, train hard, be safe, and I will see you in 2021. Us.